It's time for a special episode of the Cultural Hall. We're only talking temples in this episode. It is the temple ticker. It is episode number seven. I don't know. Whatever. It's something. We're talking about the 20 new temples that were announced in the Sunday afternoon session of General Conference in the fall session in the year of our Lord, 2023. Uh, announced by President Nelson. And of course, who's going to be talking about this with me? None other than Corey K. Ward, the Pharaoh himself. How are you, sir? Uh, doing really well. Yeah. Are you uh, yeah. You, you feeling pretty good about your picks? Yeah, you, You're feeling good that uh, you called it, that you nailed it, you knocked it out the park, all the things? Yeah, there are some ones that were correctly predicted, I would say. Oh, see, listen to how humble he, <laughs> he had the opportunity to be boastful, to be prideful. And he said, yeah, I'm I'm pleased with what's going on. 20. Let's start there. What did you think about that? Um, yeah, it was big. Um, of course, President Nelson having uh, dropped on us that he um, was not going to be present at a conference. Um, everyone was unsure whether there'd be any temple announcements because he's the one that does them. Um, so whether he would, you know, give them to president oaks or find some other way to announce them but he had a pretty full-length uh, conference talk to give and he included the announcements in that talk has there ever this is an interesting question that comes to my mind as you just said that that way has there ever been a temple that has been announced not by a prophet um there's been temples that have been announced just like in the press like a press release okay um but in a general Probably. conference setting, I can't think of in my time of my life ever when it was not the prophet who said, and there will be a temple here and a temple here. Yeah, probably not. Huh. Probably right. Maybe okay. maybe President Hinckley, when he was in the first presidency, basically alone because the other people were too sick to attend, he may have announced like during the Kimball and Benson and years. But. If anybody knows that, contact at theculturalhall.com. That's the kind of thing that uh, Corey and I would like to know. Um, interesting to note that when you talk about 20 temples being announced by uh, President Nelson in today's conference session, that's 153 announced by President Nelson alone. That's right. And so he has announced 46% of all temples. Does it? What what do you think? Is he is he aiming to be the most announced temple prophet of the, or is it just because it's rolling he's, out that quick? Or what 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 he is blew that? past that? I think he's almost double President Hinckley now, because I think President Hinckley's like ninety or seventy something. And I suppose we're to assume it's just that the 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 work is rolling out, right? It's just how it is that they you you uh, presume that it's to be five hundred by the year twenty thirty announced, and certainly you know general conference sessions like today will get us there. Yeah, there was one of those uh, General 30 talks, like groundbreakings, I think, a couple of years ago, and he said something about that. So you maybe think that in some of those internal meetings, that's the discussions they were having. So, But still not a word about Moroni not being on any of these new temples. Let's get to <laughs> some of the locations. Okay. Um, so the first one that was announced was in Samoa, Savi, um, is the place, is the island. Um, so basically there are... Um, it's the second one in Samoa. Um, you may think, oh, well, that's there's a, one in American Samoa, but that's, of course, not the country of Samoa. Mm -hmm. uh, Samoa is historically uh, separated into German Samoa and American Samoa. And then German Samoa got independent and American Samoa is still owned by the United States. And so you could say it's the third in the, the Samoan islands. Mm -hmm. 
um, but the second Samoa. And it's on a completely different island from the current one in Apia. Um, so there's about six stakes on that island that will be attending that temple. Now, now, correct me if I'm wrong, and you would know this, so please do correct me. Is not uh, Samoa the highest uh, per capita? Is that how we would say that? Highest per capita country of members of the church? Um, it's second. second. So it's about 40%. If you believe that all the people on the rolls are members, then it would be about 40%. Uh, Tonga is about 65%. Okay. okay. I knew. Yeah. All right. I was so close. close. And see, like I told everyone, you would correct me because you know. <laughs> well, I knew where to pull that up because um, Mark, Matt Martinick just did a blog post about this. And so I, I just looked it up really fast. And um, Martinick, but, of, no, of course, for people who don't know, is sort of a... Uh, it, it, if uh, if uh, if Corey K. Ward, the Pharaoh, had like a, you know, like a stepbrother, uh, someone who was not <laughs> quite as cool as he was, no, I'm just joking. Matt Martinick does a bunch of statistics and and he gets into the same kind of things that you do and has a blog that people can find. It's at, um, help me out um, Eliaschurchgrowth.blogspot.com. There it is. Yeah, we'll tag that in the show notes. It is interesting that the prime minister of Samoa visited the first presidency just on Thursday. Hmm. Um, hmm. So, you know, you never know if there's a connection to that. Of course, of course there is. Hey, we're going to be putting a temple there. That's exciting. We'll come see you. Great. That's how those things work. <laughs> they sat down over dinner at the Chukarama and said, hey, we're thinking about, and they said, yes, of course, please put that there. Um, Mexico was, I was pretty surprised about this. Uh, why? Well, because I feel like, uh, like when you start to get into the, uh, the ventes in the numbers, you know, uh -huh. 24 now, 24 in uh, the country of Mexico. Now, I granted, Mexico is large. You know, these are my these are my American centric eyes. But when you see twenty four in a country in particular, I, I mean, that's that's significant to me. Yeah. That's so maybe not mean. surprised. Significant. Yeah, the second most after the United States. So. Um. Yeah, I know Cancun pretty well because I spent two years there. Doing what? <laughs> uh so let me ask you though hold on so you that's yeah. where you served your mission it i bawled, i bawled like a baby when i found out that a temple was coming to where it i had served did you have a, a an emotional reaction um yes although tears aren't necessarily what come to me when i'm super happy but uh -huh. yes i was very happy um no it's like they they're pretty they like to go to the temple in Merida a lot and so um, I think they'll, they'll fill up a temple if they keep going. Um, I, you know, on my Facebook page, you know, all of a sudden, all the groups and all the group chats and all the pages about the mission just blew up and everyone's just like super excited and promising to go there in three or four years when there's the open house. And yeah. And do you know, uh, we probably don't know anything about like where it's going to be. Do you have um, guesses as to where you think it might be in the city? Uh, I could speculate. Um, there's a meeting house where that was built right when I was there. I was actually the first mission. I was the first companionship to attend that meeting house. Um, there's kind of a, a large, you know, piece of land next to it could be, um, I would say probably like in the Southern part of the city, maybe closer to where the mission home is. Um, kind of closer to the airport. Um, there's a lot of big tracts of land in the Southern, Southern part of the city. Um, it's the fastest growing city in Mexico. And so 
um, basically in 1970, the, the government decided to um, take this little fishing village and make it into a tourist destination. And now it's yeah. the, the most visited place in Mexico, the second busiest airport in Mexico, um, despite its relatively small size as a, a city in Mexico, um, you know, visited by people all over the world. Um, it's famous for its Mayan ruins and for, I mean, Yucatan, they have a lot of colonial cities and everything close by. And so it's pretty well visited. Um, so it's possible. Does that play into the temples where temples will be at all? Do you think? Cause like when I think about like the Rome, Italy temple, right. Are there a lot of saints that are in Italy? There are some, and I don't want to discount that for them, but a lot of people sort of make the pilgrimage to Rome to see the different things. And then, you know, if they're members of the church, they'll likely stop in and, and, you know, spend some time at the Rome Italy temple, right? I think a lot of people, members of the church who are temple recommend holding folks will do that wherever they go. Do you think that that plays in anything in like these places, like where they might put it in Cancun or some of these other places? Um, I don't think it in a decision to build it because it needs to be sustained. Um, Tourists obviously can't sustain a temple, but it may um, play into a factor of how big it is. Mm. Um, Rather than getting like a small modular temple, they may get a, a slightly larger temple that's kind of maybe closer to the tourist areas so that people feel more comfortable going there. Um, I don't know. We'll just mm. see. And is it pronounced modular in uh, Spanish? Am I-, <laughs> I would assume so. <laughs> just, just teasing, being stupid. Uh, and anything else about that Cancun temple that you want to mention? Um, yeah, just that it's the, um, it's the second one on the Yucatan Peninsula. So um and as you said, the city's grown from zero to about 1 million in about 60 years. So um, probably going to grow more. And there's about six stakes in in my mission. There were six stakes. So I assume all of them will go to the temple. Wow. Wow. And then Peru. Jeez. Yeah, right. we got two more in Peru. I've yeah. always said that Peru is kind of under-templed for the amount of uh, members and stakes that are there. So we got the eighth, eighth and ninth temples in Peru. The first one in Piura, which is in the far northwestern um, part of the the country kind of near the border of Ecuador. Um, it was we just got one, I think, announced last conference from in Chiclayo. And so that's kind of close. I wasn't necessarily expecting one so fast over there, but they have six stakes in a district. So yeah, good on them. Probably a smaller one though, maybe, or will they build it perhaps speculation, yeah. maybe build it a little bit bigger than what they would need now so they don't have to go back and pick it up in the future. We'll see. Yeah. Um, and then next, sorry. <clears throat> Uh, the next one's in Uncayo, Peru, which is um, in the center of the country, up in the highlands above Lima. Um, the church newsroom said that it means the place of the rock in the Quechua language. And yeah, we'll probably have about eight or ten stakes. So I actually think there may be another temple that splits that district eventually. Hmm. So maybe it will more be like five or four stakes. But like, how many people uh, do they need to have to be in a stake? Because like I think about that and... Stakes are what, uh, four or five thousand people? Uh, typically, you need a minimum of like nineteen hundred outside the United States. You need okay. three thousand. You need three thousand inside the United States, and then you need at least five wards. And doesn't matter the amount of branches. And so, a state can be anywhere from five wards or four. Some even have four wards to like thirteen wards when they're about to be ready to be split. So, hmm. so that's anywhere between like sixteen and forty thousand people, members of the church, for that particular temple district. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, the next one, Vino del Mar, Chile, um, the fifth in Chile. 
Um, it's on the coast, kind of. Um, if it's if you know where Santiago is, it's just if you go to the coast, that's where it is. Um, it's I I saw this place as previously the metro area with the most stakes without a temple, and so there's about um, I think nine or I think seven to nine stakes in the the metro area, and then there'll probably be a total of twelve that end up going to this temple. Um, but um, what's interesting to note about this is that Harley Pratt arrived to uh, Valparaiso, um, which is next to Viña del Mar, um, in 1851. And he stayed there only for a few months because the missionary work wasn't that successful. He didn't have any converts. He was, he said, he wrote to Brigham Young that he, his efforts to learn Spanish are, were pretty, like, didn't, like, he didn't know the language that well. Mm-hmm. And it was really hard for him because of the political environment, because of the religious freedom and everything that just, it wasn't time for the church there. So, um, and then his son, Omer Pratt, was born um, there in Belparty. So, and then he actually died. So he's, he has a, he has a burial site there. Interesting. So it's kind of like a, an, like an early church history site in Chile. And that was interesting to have that indicated. Uh, I was trying to put timeline uh, with Parley Pratt because um, living in Mexico or, uh, you know, down there, I was like, is this it did is that where parley went when uh polygamy was like everybody scatter i was trying to put that <laughs> timeline wise but that's much 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 before yeah that is before and yeah. probably thought was like assassinated and so in like the 1860s and so this is right after they got to the salt lake valley 1851 is only a few years later um as we'll talk later in the episode there's there's a lot of missionaries sent out around 1850 so probably went down to chile I don't think we hear about that very much. We certainly hear about them going to England, going to Canada, going among the Native American people. But I, I, I guess maybe I'm not paying attention in the right classes. It seems to me when I when I hear South America, I mean, even like the Pacific Islands, I hear, you know, those told more about. But but, you know, they are going, in fact, in, in that time going down to South America as well. Yeah, that's right. Um, but obviously, um, you didn't have any success while he was there. And it wasn't until... 19 100 years later 1950 where the first um, missionaries and members came to chile and then most of the growth didn't happen until the 70s 80s 90s so wow wow uh we think probably a pretty good size one there you would say because of the the metro area and most states without a temple i think it should be a medium size nice where else do we go okay you got brazil next we got two more temples in brazil the 21st and the 22nd temples um, the first one was a surprise for me, uh, Guiana, Guiania, um, because it's actually not, it's only about three hours from Brasilia, which we know is about, it just was dedicated um, this last month. Um, so probably have about five or six stakes to go there. So, But with the effort to be, I think they're they're trying, or the assumption is based on where they've been putting things, two hours or less. Yeah. It, it's well underneath that, you know, that three hour thing that you're saying, so that. I mean, I guess in that way, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. And there'll be uh, probably f- there's five stakes in the area. Maybe a few more up to eight will come from other states. So, yeah, still a good base of membership there. And what about the other one in Brazil? Um, yeah, the other one's in Jao Pessoa, which is um, on the northeastern coast. Um, it's just north of Recife, where the current temple is. Um, there'll probably be about there's five stakes in the city, probably about seven stakes that go to the temple, the two <laughs> districts. Hmm. And then to the continent of Africa, which, you know, the, for me, this is where I'm always, you know, looking. I think it's great everywhere, but I'm especially keen to the ones that are coming to the continent of Africa. Nice. Yeah, this is big. <clears throat> Sorry. 
He's getting choked up because I just I, I was doing some cooking and I think I I don't know something happened. Um, it's delicious. <laughs> um, so this Cape Coast, uh, it's the third in Ghana. Um, there's one announced in Kumasi, and then there's the one in Accra. Um, this is on the southwest coast of Ghana. The church uh, website noted that there's a lot of historic sites in this area. Um, a lot of people go to this area to commemorate um, the area where a lot of enslaved peoples were um, put on ships and brought to the Americas. Mm. Um, I know the church did, a when they did that partnership with the NAACP, they did a, um, a trip to Ghana and they went to these sites. And there's about seven stakes in the area that will go. I, I, uh, it's, it's interesting because isn't also, there's an MTC in, in Accra, right? Accra. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Wow. The growth and, and that MTC only opened in the last like 20 years. Yeah. And they just expanded it like hugely in the last five years. Yep. Yep. Okay. Well, what, where else in the continent of Africa? Yeah. We got the fifth in Nigeria in Calabar. Um, this is a surprise for me because it's not too far from that temple that was just announced in Akhet. Um, however, it is like um, separated kind of from the rest of Nigeria by the Cross River. And so I can see why there's no bridges to go over that river. And so um, probably a good, good distance to go to any to either the temple in Aba or Akhet. And so there's about four stakes there in the city of Calabar. Maybe one of those smaller ones, and then we go to Angola. It's on. It's crazy. This episode will end up being pretty lengthy, just because we we're just taking not that much time, but because there were so many temples that were announced. That's right. This is the first in Angola. Angola is a Portuguese-speaking country, um, in kind of it's south of the Democratic Republic of Congo, north of Namibia. Um, yeah, and this is actually the church is relatively new in Angola, although they've had members since the eighties. They didn't organize a mission there until 2013, and the first stake didn't come until uh, 2018. And so right now, there's still just one stake in a district, um, and maybe that stake will split in the near future because they have something like 13 wards. And so mm-hmm. there's a lot of growth been happening in the last um, decade. That's pretty significant. Yeah, when you talk about just being around 10 years and now getting a temple, you know, they uh, with the the prophetic eyes, they're probably able to say, hey, man, this is where we're at now. Jeez, we need to get this now. Because if they start building now, two, three, four years, what do you know what we average from uh, like announcement to, to building or to being dedicated at this point? Is there a, it's uh, yeah. me, like it's like 30 months, but I don't know. Yeah, uh, United States has been a little bit lower, like two to three years, but um, in places around the world, which isn't as established, um, Probably like in Africa, you probably are going to be about five or six. Oh years. wow! Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that it could essentially almost double from where it is now if it goes at the current trajectory of what it's been. That's that's incredible. Um, what's really incredible is the Democratic Republic of the Congo. Um, a new temple was announced in Mabuji Maya, um, which is there in the center of the country. Um, another surprise for me because I think it was either I think about a year ago or last conference there was one announced in Kananga. Um, which is just in that same area. And those two used to be in the same mission. They just barely split the missions. And so I guess this mission also needs a temple there. Um, I mean, even though it's it looks on the map that it's close, um, mm-hmm. travel in that part of the Congo is, you know, pretty terrible. There's not a lot of roads. There's not a lot of highways. It's pretty hard to get around. And so definitely a temple is needed also there. Um, it's in um, 
Yeah, in an area where just the church is growing a lot. There'll be about six stakes that go there. And then we move to uh, a whole different place, to the Philippines. Yeah, I got Laogag, uh, Philippines. Um, it'll be the 13th temple. Um, like I said, there's only two temples right now that are dedicated, but there's 13 that are either under construction or planning for total. Um, and it's on the it's the most north north part of, of the Philippines. It's on the northwest coast of Luzon, which is that North Island. Um, there'll probably be about four stakes and two districts that go to that temple. And then to the uh, another, as we hop around on the isles, we go to the island of Japan. Yeah, um, we we know we just talked about the Okinawa temple on the show, um, and there's a reference of that in conference as well. No reference of Karate Kid, like I mentioned. Apparently, <laughs> it's known for other things, as you indicated. I guess. Well, didn't the speaker I think talk about like people hiding in caves for yeah. protection? And stuff yes. Like that? Yeah. That's not featured in the Karate Kid. That's the, <laughs> the wartime knowledge of Okinawa. Uh, but uh, of all the temples that were announced, I think, and maybe it's just the people that I'm affiliated with online, I saw more about the Osaka Japan Temple and exclamation points on social media in the time since it's been announced. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, this will be the fifth in Japan. Um, interestingly, all the all the four temples right now are on different islands of Japan, but this will be the second one on the island of Honshu after Tokyo. And um, uh, yeah, there'll be seven stakes and two districts that go there. Now for this next one, is this where I take a victory lap? and Go ahead. <laughs> uh, and, and say, uh, I, I said it. I told you, um, I'm not prophetic necessarily, but I did. If you listen to our last articles of newest episodes, now I got 50% because I only said two, and I still insist that they were about ready to say Harriman, Utah, and they were like, you know what? Let's let the housing project get a little further down the road. And then, you know, we want to get some of these other things into place before, but we all know it's coming. It's coming there eventually for sure. But uh, Maui, how about that? How about that? Yeah, the island of Maui, the city of uh, Kahualui, I think is how you say it. Um, so yeah, this is the third in Hawaii. Um, we just talked about how the one in Kona will be closing soon. Um, so this will basically split the temple district, two stakes to two stakes. Um, so there's two stakes on the island. Um the island of Maui has an interesting history um, as far as the church goes. Um, we may think that, oh, well, all that um, the church is established up there in, in Laie and in Oahu. But before there was Oahu, um, before there was Laie, um, the church um, first was established in Maui. Um, George Coop Cannon arrived um, in 1850, 1851 to the island, like we talked about. Um, all those apostles kind of spreading out of Utah mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, in that year frame. Um, so yeah, he, he was one of the ones that went to Maui. Um, he went to Lahaina. He arrived there. He eventually, um, met, um, someone named a judge named John, Jonathan Napella, and he helped establish the church. He eventually translated the Book of Mormon into Hawaiian. Um, the first chapel in Hawaii, um, is in Palueu. Um, it's there on the Island. You can still, I think you can still go visit it, although it's not like an official visitor center. You may have to know someone to go go see it um but yeah the church has a big history in, in maui and kahului is where the uh airport is so when you fly into maui that's where you'll you'll kind of see it that's that's pretty fascinating to uh to know um that and for the people there in maui right i just 
I bet if there was a group of people that were just overjoyed and, you know, feeling God's love for them, obviously all of these people, but for people that have had a rough go of things most recently, I can imagine that the saints in Maui are just ecstatic at this point. Certainly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Alaska. I thought this was kind of fun. Yeah. I've been predicting this for a couple of years now. Um, this will be the second temple in Alaska, the Fairbanks, Alaska temple. Um, it will be the northernmost temple in the world. So um, even higher than like uh, Norway and all those uh, Nordic countries. Um, there's two stakes up there. Um, and it's um, there's the Fairbanks stake, but there's also the North Pole stake. So we'll just see if the temple's built in North Pole or not. That would be cool. Well, uh, you know, if it's built in North Pole... <laughs> The temple president and temple matron, Mr. and Mrs. Claus, because they they're <laughs> they have to working. find them. Yeah, they're they're working only one <laughs> night a year. They've got all the other time. Allow them <laughs> their day job and be able to uh, serve as temple president and matron. Stupid. Uh, I think that's exciting, though. You know, when I think about something like that, I wonder because some of those places are just so cold. Like, I wonder if it's like, this temple is open, you know, uh, April to November, and then it's closed. Don't bother. We know what goes <laughs> anywhere. We're not heating it. We're keeping it, you know, bare minimum. Don't it's do dark that. dark all day. Yeah. yeah. You know? I think like, in the, the winter there in Fairbanks, you only get like three hours of sunlight. If even that, there are some days yeah. I know in some places you don't get like any light, right? Yeah, if you go further north. Yeah. So it's like it's like more than like 6 hours from from Anchorage where the current temple is. So Well, and I also hope though too that on the opposite end of that like summer solstice, it's all day all night temple. Like they just are like it's a it's a temple marathon. We're keeping <laughs> it open all night long. I you know, there that's not sacrilege. That's just a fun way to, you know, unify around the temple, right? A solstice celebration. Maybe that's more pagan. Maybe I shouldn't. I should. I, that's why I'm not in charge. Let's go to Washington, Vancouver, Washington. Yeah, that's all right. This is the sixth uh, temple that will be in Washington. Um, this is basically the second Portland area temple. We saw that Seattle got another temple with the one in Tacoma. And so this is kind of the second Portland one. Um, I'm predicting there'll be about like um, seven to seven to nine stakes. Um, there's about seven stakes that are north of Portland, but mm -hmm. there's possibility That's Portland, that Oregon that you're talking about, correct? Yeah, not Maine. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, I'm just, no, I'm just, I'm just making sure because it's, it's interesting. Um, from what I understand, what I know about it, like the risk, like restrictions slash uh, temple or um, building things in the state of Oregon are so strict, weird, wonky. That that's probably why they're like, guys, we need another one for the Portland area. Where where in Washington can we put it? <laughs> we don't have to deal with Oregon. Here? Perfect. Let's do it there. Yeah, that's a good thought. But I think that's probably where it was needed anyway. So. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, now you get to take the victory lap on this one as we head to Colorado. Yeah, Colorado Springs. Um, this is also one of those metro areas that in the United States has a lot of stakes, but without a temple, it had, uh, I think there's five stakes in the city. Um, so, uh, and going back to Mart, uh, Matt Martinick, this is where he lives. He's been predicting this like every year for however <laughs> long he's had his blog. So finally temple for him and the city. 
Um, yeah, and there'll probably be about a total of nine stakes that go to this temple. It's the fourth so one big, in Colorado. A big old temple too. And since it's in Colorado, I would imagine maybe a little bit bigger than some of these other ones. Uh, is do you think there's any uh, any thought that Matt will now close his blog down now that he got his temple? He's like, guys, <laughs> I'm out. I figured it out. We got this. Good night, sir. I'm done. We got the Colorado Springs Temple. Possibility. Yeah, possibility. Yeah, it is. It is. It won't, but it, it is a possibility. Tulsa, Oklahoma. Uh, yeah, that's right. Uh, this will be the second in Oklahoma. Um, it's, you know, pretty close to where that temple was just uh, dedicated in Bentonville. So um, I think the church has been growing a lot in the Oklahoma, Arkansas area, Missouri area. So, um, yeah, there'll be uh, five stakes that probably go to this temple. And interestingly enough, just two of these stakes were organized in 2023. So as soon as those two stakes were organized, this kind of put, get, got that put on a lot of people's radar for a new temple. Do we suppose, and I guess we don't know because there's not already articles and uh, stories written about each of these places, but th- that's got to be some significant missionary work, I think, going on in uh, Oklahoma then, yeah? It could be uh, mission work, but stakes? it could also be a uh, also a function of um, just members moving there from other parts of the country because of the good economy and lots of jobs. So. Could be. And there's schools there. And I know it's a fairly uh, like Christian part of the country. Oral Roberts University is there in Tulsa, Oklahoma, mm. which is a Methodist, as I want to say. A Methodist, uh, like it's like a Methodist BYU or a Presbyterian yeah. BYU. It's it's one of one of the other groups, one of the other one of the other clubs, one of the other kids. It's it's their BYU. Help me out. Do you, did you look it up? Are you looking <laughs> it up? I'm trying to stall so you can tell me. Um, let's see the Oklahoma. No, sorry. Evangelical. Wait, uh, sorry. How dare you? I look for your (laughs) Google skills and you can't even get it for me. I I, like, I see, I see Pentecostal. I see Methodist. I see. Yeah. Evangelical. There it is. Evangelical (laughs) university. They're done. That's it. Yeah. It's a globally recognized Holy Spirit empowered university. It is literally the evangelicals equivalent of Brigham Young University. So. There we go. Well, there's also Liberty University, which is pretty big too. Is that evangelical? Yeah. Okay. Okay. I I only know about Liberty because I watched that terrible documentary on Netflix about uh <laughs> about one of the, the boys. Uh, oh, geez. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. Wow. Don't watch that with your kids around, but it is a fascinating watch. And I think it's fascinating because, and this, we won't get into this at all, but like the people that are the loudest about things, I always get anxious when people are about the loudest about things. Cause you go, yes, that's a lot of passion that that person has. Is it, <laughs> are you, are we, is this, are you true to this character or is there something else going on? That documentary was fascinating. We digress. <laughs> well, that's a good, um, transition because there's also a temple announced in Roanoke, which is not too far from where Liberty University is in Lynchburg, Virginia. Um, what in also, relation to the uh, Southern Virginia University? Is it close to that? Um, it's about an hour away from okay. Buena Vista. Um, okay. Southern Virginia University is a private university, but um, a lot of members of the church go there and they've kind of decided to um, basically brand themselves as like uh, the BYU of the East, or just yeah. like a place where members can gather to go. Would that be their nearest temple? Uh, yeah, it will be okay. the nearest temple. Okay, so that so that to me makes sense, right? The growth of that school and that part of the country, sure. Let's do it. Get yeah. them a temple. That'll be the third in Virginia. 
um, the one in uh, Winchester was just announced last conference. And then, of course, the one in Richmond, Richmond was just dedicated this year. So um, in this part of the state, there'll be probably about five stakes. There's actually, there's even a, a YSA stake that's there in Buena Vista, one of the few YSA stakes that are outside of uh, the West. So, hmm. And then finally, <clears throat> in the great victory lap of all of the temple announcements, of all the predictions, of all the announcements of ever said and never whatever, let's talk about Mongolia. Yeah, he waited for this at last, I think. Um, because if you saw the list that the church um, uh, newsroom put out, they had all these temples listed differently than what how President Nelson announced them. So I think he intentionally kind of moved around the list so that he would put this one last. Um, so the long-predicted Mongolia Ulaanbaatar temple uh, was announced, the first uh, temple in that country. Um, the church is also kind of recent here. Um, they they only arrived here in 1992. And I think they said 1995, they organized a mission. Um, of course, this country is landlocked between Russia and China. Rough neighbors. Um, rough neighbors, rough area. Um, they can they currently travel to the Hong Kong China Temple, which is, you know, a long flight to get there. Um, uh, there's about 12,000 members that are in 25 uh, congregations. Wow. Um, I did hear at one point, Mongolia was the place with the, the percentage of the most returned missionaries in the church. Hmm. So, um, and I, I met, I've met some people at BYU that were from Mongolia as well. So that had served missions and everything. So it's pretty significant for sure. Yeah. There's uh, two, like for a, an isolated place, having two stakes there, you know, it's pretty big. And so that's why people have been announced uh, predicting this temple for a long time. There's two stakes in a district and it's possible. There are some um, Russian branches that are just over the border. So this might be a, um, if that, even if that temple um, in Russia is ever built, this might be a good place for a lot of Russians to go to. Hmm. Hmm. You know, n- this now asks and begs the question, and I'm going to stall, even though you don't know the question, so stalling does you no good. Uh, what is now the new Ulaanbaatar Mongolia temple prediction moving forward? What is the new, because Colorado Springs is gone now too. What is the new man, the temple has got to be in this place. When are we going to get a temple in this place? Place? Um, I think it's Scotland. Okay. Um, there's six stakes in Scotland. Or, or I guess there's five stakes in Scotland. Um, and people announcing that or predicting that for a long time. Um, as a, you know, the church has been around a long time there. So it's kind of far away from the temple that's in Preston. So. So you know what I, and I don't know if he still listens, and you'll remember his name because I can't, but uh, a while back, uh, we interviewed the guy who did like a retrofit for the Kirtland Temple. Uh, uh-huh. His name escapes me right now. Do you remember what it is? Uh, Benjamin Felix. Yeah, Benjamin Felix. Look at you. See, that is why we are friends. <laughs> I throw it up and you spike it in. Uh, if Benjamin Felix is listening to this and or he knows anyone uh, that is listening to this and you could tell him this, this is what I would like. Let's get the most famous castle in Scotland and retrofit it as an LDS temple. Let's <laughs> let's see how that would work. I just think that is so Scotland, and we've got the money to do it. There's got to be a place that has rich LDS history in Scotland. There was a book that was released by um, uh, University of Illinois Press just earlier this year about members of the church in Scotland specifically. There's got to be that history there. There's got to be a place there. Let's get the nearest castle, 
retrofit it and let's let's make that happen for April 2024. Love it. Awesome. <laughs> That really would be cool. It'll never happen. Never happen. Uh, well, cool. Anything uh, Anything else about the temples, the announcements, anything like this that you care to share about this? Uh, I think that's it. I think I've shared nice. everything. Yeah, yeah, I appreciate the quick turnaround, obviously, on all this to be able to share this with folks and your vast amount of knowledge. Uh, tell people again. I had a couple of people ask, and I know I put it in the show notes, but for people that are listening and maybe they don't ever look at show notes, if they want to follow the uh the uh meeting house facebook page that you share where is that where can people find it how do they search it yeah it's on facebook um it's the latter-day saint chapels around the world daily that it's called and i appreciate uh because sometimes people get really clever with names you just told us exactly what it was in the title (laughs) that is how you will find it uh cory k ward the pharaoh himself thank you for the time hope that this episode has nourished and strengthened your body Hope that if you're able to listen this time, you'll be able to listen next time. And then when the time comes, you'll be able to travel home in safety. In the meantime, Chris at Alpine Lakes Travel, Rick McGee, Debbie Wanless, and Chocolate Cake Bites Podcast. We'll be saving a seat for you. On the back row. Of the Cultural Hall. Save me a seat. It's sure to be neat. On the back 